Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88 or on the internet wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you're joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and my fresh-looking co-host this morning, Jaden. Jaden, how are you going? Hey, good to see you, Lawson. Thanks so much for having us on, and um, I'm glad you're doing better. Yeah, I, I'm feeling better. I had my first day back on radio yesterday, and apparently you... Well, you weren't here yesterday, no. but you were here earlier this week doing radio. I was. I was covering for you, mate. Oh, mate. So I am eternally grateful uh, and blessed blessed to to know that I was in good hand of that. Now, obviously, Jaden, we, well, we know each other. We do. Well, like, well, it's obvious to us, but maybe it's not obvious to listeners now. We know each other mostly through, man, just just through going to church and different things. You are... A graduate of Avondale University. I'm Pretty currently studying. Cool. Oh, true. I yeah, thought finished this year, man. You finished this year. This year. Oh, mate, you're you're right. At, you're right on the edge. So we're classmates then. We are. That's probably why I don't see you that much because I'm like, I'm 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 far from graduating. And you, but you're you're like, you're right there, mate. We're all still learning, all of us. Yeah. How how do you find study? It's not too bad, to be honest. Yeah. I think you've really got to be organised uh-huh. and disciplined. And uh, and a good study day begins the night before with an early night. Oh, so. absolutely. And that's where I just crash and burn, yeah. I think. Well, it's just, just being organised. I am in the like heavily in the midst of... Uh, Exam and well, mm. exams coming up soon, but essay season, yeah. like and, and theology as well as we're both doing it is really just essay after essay after essay. For those after who essay. aren't at uh, university, October they often call it Shocktober. Shocktober, you get a big shock when you get all the assignments coming Dude, in. Dude, it's Mad Main Shocktober. It's like so hectic, but hey, we're getting through. Yeah. We're, we're getting it done, but at the same time, it's like, oh, finish the show and go back and study and write essays. But hey, that's that's the life of a uni student. Now, coming up in today's show, we're going to be continuing our Bible study in the second hour on God's mission and us. In the first hour, we're going to be hearing some good news. We're also going to be having a look at conversion therapy, as well as doing an interview with Brad Moody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And Jaden, you're going to give to us our first quiz for today. Oh, I love the quiz time, Lawson. The first question, number one. Before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his disciples that he had all of this in heaven and earth. Now, what was he referring to? Oh, okay. So we've got a bit of a, a multiple choice here. So Absolutely. Jesus has all these things. What are the options? Well, we've got four options. We've got A, all the money. B, all power. C, all the friends, or D, all patience. I'll read that one quickly again. Before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his disciples that he had all of this in heaven and earth. What was he referring to? A, all the money, B, all power, C, all the friends, or D, all patience. I would like to have all of these things. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I would, I would, you know, all, all, all money, all power, all friends, and all patience. This sounds like some awesome things to obtain. But Jesus says that he has... One of those things. Uh, if you know the answer, hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. Our prize for this week being basically uh, the Bible study that we're following through every single day on The Breakfast Show and the companion booklet as well, Fantastic. all about mission. And this is so 
key, so important. We are huge proponents mm-hmm. here on Faith FM of the mission that God has given us to go out and to reach the world. And we get to study it every day, which is mm-hmm. amazing. But also you can be studying it. You can be reading about it. We want to give you that absolutely for free. And all you have to do is send in correct answers at 0491-064-669 to go in the drawer to obtain those books and all, that are all about mission that will be drawn on Friday. So tomorrow. Hey, again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And again, those options were all the money, all the power, all the friends, or all the patience. What did what was Jesus referring to uh, mm. that he had before he ascended to to heaven from earth? Hey, Jaden. Yes. What is going on? in the world of positively different news. Oh, I love positively different news, absolutely. Well, one thing I was talking about with Danuta a few days ago, uh, Lawson, while, while, mm. we, while we missed you, was as, as the world is, is in a terrible state in, in the Middle East and all that, as yeah, we've been aware and we're continuing to keep everyone over there in prayer, I think we really need to pause and just remember how actually how blessed we are in Australia. Oh, a absolutely. report has just come out putting... Uh, for example, Sydney is in the top 20 most, we- most wealthy cities in the entire world. Oh, really? We're ranked at number 18. Right, okay. Right how, how do we go for housing prices as well? I want to look that one up. But uh, yeah, top 20 most wealthy housing prices in Sydney. I mean, it's <laughs> going to be high. I think, I think it's in the top 10. I think Sydney and Melbourne might be in the top 10 Pretty high. in the cost world of for, for cost of living. But, hey... They've got money, so they can also spend it, I guess. Well, that's it. But the, I think the important thing for us and our listeners to remember is, is although uh, you know the cost of living is high and all that, we are still a lot better off mm. than you know oh, other parts of the world. That you know, I could like for example, last night I was talking to my mother over dinner. I can just enjoy dinner. There's no bombs going over our <laughs> yeah. head. There's no, you know, that it's just we're, we're incredibly blessed. And I think I think this part of the good news is that we are very blessed to be in Australia. Mm. And we need to thank God for that. Absolutely. And I lied as well about the city. So Sydney is 11th. Oh, Sydney is Australia's go. highest city in 11th. So we're actually killing it. Like we're actually, we're actually doing really well. But I, I really love the, the point that you've made there is like the privilege that we have to live in a mm. country with means and peace and, mm-hmm. and safety at the moment. Even though, you know, things can get a bit, shaky and a bit divided mm. socially and politically at the moment where we're not really seeing that come out in a, in a very personal or a physical sense. I don't, I don't feel as though my life's threatened. I, I feel safe. Mm. If I might point you to the words of scripture, I think of, I think of the, the words of scripture in uh, Colossians chapter three, verse oh, yeah. one to two. Mm-hmm. And it says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where mm. Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. In verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Now, uh, we, we are blessed with uh, where we are, uh, Lawson, you know, in mm. Australia and all that, but I think it's really important that those things don't become a distraction or an idol for us and that mm. we continually remember that we're only temporarily on this earth. We're mm. just passing through and to keep our minds not on the things that are here today and gone tomorrow, but on the things above. Mm, absolutely. No, it's this is the this is the option that we have here on this earth because the life that we live and the things that we own and the achievements that we can achieve are very 
temporal, mm. very, mm. very temporary. And I think, again, we can look to those blessings and find comfort and peace and safety. I know for, for a lot of my, you know, my family, I, I've come from a very secular family and, mm. and for them, it's the, the simple formula for life is like, Work hard, earn money, have security, have fun. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the, the nature of life. But what we understand as followers of Jesus is that there's, there's no rest that you can, or peace or comfort that you can actually find in mm. means and achievement. It can only be found in, in the comfort and the contentment that's found in Christ. Because not only does he work through and solve mm-hmm. the problems that are here and now, but furthermore, those of eternity. Well, he's come, he said he's come to give us life and life mm. more abundantly. And, mm-hmm. and that, now, that purpose and plan he has for us is is truly on another level. Mm. Anyway, we have one more news story I wanted to share with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is something completely random. Uh-huh. This is talking about the power of hobbies in preventing depression as you age. Yes. So it's talking about hobbies have long been acknowledged as a source of pleasure and joy, mm-hmm. but it's been research is showing that people who engage in hobbies more regularly and as they age, are a lot less likely to uh, experience, you know, so, some of the health challenges that they that they typically can experience at that age. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, I think it's it's fantastic for the brain. But I mean, what we see as well, we were talking to Jennifer Skews mm-hmm. yesterday, our resident mental health expert, who we talk to every single Wednesday for our interview, and she was. Chi- like giving credence to this idea mm. of that the power of physical exercise, but it's exercise, having hobbies, having mm-hmm. like things to invest your time in, how they just boost the mood so much because it gives us an outlet in which we can, you know, have our brain mm. occupied positively, but then also feel a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, like I see, I see some people with hobbies and particularly those of like sports and whatnot, like, I've been riding my bicycle a lot lately. Yeah. I've been I've been really into cycling, and then now I've started like watching a lot of videos on cycling. And you just see like people they're just they're not professional cyclists. They're just like average Joe Blows on like YouTube who talk about how you know they've invested like this money or this time, and they've done all this research. And now they ride like this, and it's it's like wow. Wow, that's incredible. And it, but they've 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 I think it's quite a positive thing, especially because it's good exercise as well. They've gone oh hey like I can invest my time into something mm. that's that's really good for me. Oh, fantastic. Which is awesome. And, and as you've been sharing as well, it's great for, for for those who are a bit vulnerable in that space as well, those who are aging and whatnot. Yeah. But I can even I could even say for young people too, to have really? something to do and to have that, that purpose, that activity, it's, it's really fantastic. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. Question number two, Lawson. Oh, I'm keen for this one. Who was instructed to not write down what the seven thunders had uttered? Ah, oh, wow. Very, very, very. I wouldn't say it's an easy question. The, mm-hmm. the seven thunders are maybe a little bit obscure if you've never read the Bible or haven't mm-hmm. spent much time in the Bible. But simultaneously, this person. They, they wrote a whole book of the Bible. The seven, the seven thunders are in that book. If you know who that is, hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. If you don't know who that is, just text us anyway. Just text us with any name. 
Just just text us with your best guess, your best estimate. Guys, you've got to be in it to win it for our amazing prize this week, which is our Bible study guide and a companion book as well to go along with it. We want to give it to you absolutely for free. We're going to be drawing it at 8.45 tomorrow. So today is your penultimate round of questions for you to be able to get into that. And yeah, read that question for us one more time. Who was instructed to not write down what the seven thunders had uttered? Absolutely. Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number. If you know the answer to that, okay. I'm going to be talking this morning in my new section about conversion therapy, mm. uh, what it is, and some movements that are happening in the UK over this particular piece of legislation, which actually has been passed here in Australia and specifically in Victoria. Now, talks about conversion therapy in the UK have come out in the wake of actually a speech that Rishi Sunak, who is the current Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, the leader of the Conservative Party, he gave a speech and he said, he said simply this, he said, it is common sense that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And he said that, like the the Prime Minister of the UK, which is the UK, again, incredibly secular, European country, Mm -hmm. incredibly, from from all you could see on the outside, very pro-LGBT and progressive politics and these kinds of things, even though they have a conservative leader. And yeah, he he just came out and was like, no, it's common sense. Man is man and woman is woman. These are unchangeable facts, Mm -hmm. these kinds of things. Now, in the wake of this, the leader of the Labour Party at the moment, or one one of the MPs in the Labour Party, has come out and said, hey... We, we, you know, we, we need to do something about this, this rhetoric, this anti-inclusive rhetoric. Her name is Annalise Dodds and she's come out and, and one of the things that she's said in, in the wake of this speech is if, if the Labour Party gets in, so this is the UK yes, Labour yes. Party gets in, in the next UK election, we promise that we'll pass a bill on conversion therapy in the UK and we wow. will we'll stop conversion therapy and the evils of conversion therapy. Now, this was something that was done in 2020 here in Australia and essentially what this, the, the, the idea behind it is, is a medical practice in which you would enable someone to change their gender identity or sexual orientation from that of non-straight or mm-hmm. homosexual to to straight. And this kind of therapy, the 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 thinking around it and the and the kind of context around it around the bill is that this is something that is primarily done by faith-based organizations. Now, if we look at the actual history of conversion therapy, it was very much something that wasn't done just by faith-based organizations. In fact, it was mostly done by just regular hospitals. And the reason it was done is because in pretty much all these countries, for a very long time, homosexuality and and, Mm -hmm. and whatnot was illegal, illegal, right? And so it was just the regular hospitals themselves who were who would uh, who would prescribe conversion therapy and, and put people through conversion therapy. Mm. Now, over time, that has been phased out, and not only in hospitals, but the prevalence of it in Australia and in the UK. I did my digging, okay? Yeah. I'm like, is any... So, in Australia, in Victoria, it's like banned. And, and the... 
where it kind of was a big eye opener for people of faith is that they classed praying for someone mm. as an offense and as as a harmful practice that you could be jailed for uh and wow. you or you could receive fines or, or ultimately um you could be litigated for praying for someone even if they consented for it you know it was very harsh legislation now i did my research i was like okay in the uk is there a single institution or church or anything that offers conversion therapy and i could find absolutely nothing in fact as i was searching i came across one guy who's actually from the u.s who was sharing a you know he he wrote a book and just has like an online men's group like Mm. a zoom call in which you could join and talk about struggles with homosexual tendencies and how to overcome that from a Christian perspective. Like that's literally all I could find, but I was, I was searching and I was searching and I was searching. And then I came across an article um, from the reputable cosmopolitan magazine. And I I say that kind of facetiously as as cosmopolitan (laughs) magazine is very much, you know, like a gossip and zeitgeist and like, you know, talk about sex and all these kinds of things Um, from, from cosmopolitan magazine in the UK, they had a, an article that came out just earlier this year, July, 20, 23 saying conversion therapy is still happening in the UK Mm. and that's why it needs to be banned. I'm like, okay, so this is the first piece of tangible evidence and reporting that conversion therapy is actually happening. I went through, you know, all even the medical journals and whatnot, they're like, yes, conversion therapy is a harmful practice, but none of them attested to it actually happening. Like, currently but cosmopolitan magazine they've got the scoop okay and they've got a number of testimonies of of this happening and before i read some of these testimonies i just want to also highlight some of the statistics that have been released Mm. regarding conversion therapy so in 2018 108,000 people who identified as a part of the lgbt community in the uk in the uk um had participated in a survey and a part of that survey they were asked if they had ever been offered conversion therapy of which 4% said they yeah. had been offered conversion therapy. Wow. And then furthermore, 2% said they had undergone conversion therapy. So then I was like, okay, well, what does this actually look like? If no institution or church group is currently publicly offering conversion mm-hmm. therapy, then what actually does this conversion therapy look like? The first story comes from uh, a girl named Hannah, where she says that she was struggling personally with anxiety and depression and self-harm. And so she was checked into an institution as a result of this with 20 other women. And she had, well, and she was also, the main thing she was struggling with was an eating disorder. Mm. And then... At this faith-based institution, she had then expressed, which was approved by the government to run to help people with Mm -hmm. certain mental disorders and whatnot. Uh, She then expressed that she was gay, you know, and she she herself was, you know, same-sex attracted. And her the following testimony that she gives and the story that she gives is that she was then told, like, all, all of the focus of her sessions then with the person, she, with the clinician who she was working with, then revolved around her struggling with homosexuality. And, and, and you know, it all it, according to her, it all came became about how she was gay. Mm. And then furthermore, it, she, she has these testimonies here where she's saying that every day people would come and, and pray over her womb and pray that the demons would leave her wow. to stop her from being gay. And I start reading this and I start, I'm like, I'm kind of suspicious. I'm kind of sus. <laughs> like, okay, 
even if I 100% believe her that this mm. absolutely did happen, for, firstly, this does not r- represent Christian care or the Christian, no, like, no. Or, 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 or Christian-based medicine or a help. But furthermore, if people are consistently doing that in a government-approved, faith-based mm. mental health retreat, like, it doesn't take very long for those kinds of institutions to get shut down as a result of doing something like that. But yet, again, coming from Cosmopolitan Magazine, I'm like, it's just a bit fishy to me. So that was there. Okay, yep, there's an institution participating in conversion therapy. Mm. Their next blockbuster, you know, robust testimony, the other robust testimony that they had regarding conversion therapy was of a boy named Harry who was 14 years old and his parents found a text on his phone that where he had expressed to a friend of his that he was gay. Mm. And so they then took Harry to their local pastor and their local pastor had a chat with Harry where the pastor said, it's, you know, not a good thing to be gay. It's mm. not a good lifestyle. Right. It's against the Bible and you should pray that you can overcome homosexuality. These are the two testimonies that are being reported as evidence wow. that there is ongoing conversion therapy in the UK and that it's harming children and that, you know, this is systematic and something that needs to be shut down via mm. legislation. And from what I can see, and from what I can ultimately surmise, is the reality is, is that conversion therapy isn't something that is actually happening in the UK in, in like the way that the bill makes it out to be, or that the language makes it out to be that it's institutionalized and it's targeting gay people and all this stuff. And it's like, yes, the old style of like electric shocking people because they're gay. Like I don't also believe that that's okay, but simultaneous or or forcing people to do something that they're not going to do that they they don't want to do. Like people have rights and they have the right to, to, to live a certain way. Like I, I, I get that 100%. But simultaneously, what this looks like to me as very much similarly to what it was in Victoria in the UK, this is just an attempt to stifle biblical teaching, mm-hmm. um, is to stop people from, from talking about right and wrong. What, you know, what is a man? What is sure. a, a woman? And, and what is right and wrong morally and what the Bible teaches? Because the reality of the situation is there is no conversion therapy in the UK mm-hmm. in an official sense. And yeah, this legislation is, is just, it's just targeting Christian teaching. And sad to see. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. To The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And Jaden, you're going to give us our next clue for well, our next quiz for today. Well, question number three, Laws. Yeah. Before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his disciples what he had all of this in heaven and earth. Oh, uh, wait, we've already read this Have question. Have we read this question? We've read this question. What's 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 the deal with this shell? We read this question already. Question three. Before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his disciples that he had all this in heaven and earth. What was he referring to? Well, we kind of did it as a multiple choice in the first question, and now are we doing it as a single answer in the third question? What's what's the deal with this shell? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's, four, let's, we're skipping that question. Yeah. Question number four. It's a fill-in-the-blank question. I love fill-in-the-blanks. Uh, there's a quote here that says, No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any blank like our God. So that's a Bible verse here. Mm. Fill-in-the-blank. 
the Bible verse goes, No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any blank like our God. Oh, powerful stuff. That's from First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2. You know the answer to that one? Again, 0491-064-669 is our answer. And again, we've got to find that blank. Nor is there any blank like our God from First Samuel mm-hmm. chapter 2 and verse 2. Also want to remind you guys, we have an interview coming up very shortly with Brad Moody. But if you want to listen to or re-listen to our interviews, which you might want to re-listen to the interview that we do with Brad today because he just crams so much into mm. it. Hey, you can head over to the Faith FM website, and, well, Faith FM Australia, and you can jump onto the Breakfast Show interview podcast, which is on the list of all the podcasts and all the shows that are recorded there. So jump on over to there. But right now, we have none other than Brad Moody on the phone. Brad, are you there with us? I am indeed. How are you, Lawson? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm killing it, man. Like, I'm, I'm just living my best <laughs> life. And I've been, actually, I've been really sick, uh, and, but I've come out of that now, back in the studio here with my good friend Jaden. And look, we're, we're ready to talk about, well, apologetics, awesome. what, what, what the Bible yes. is trying to say about certain topics. And I believe particularly today we're covering... Well, stuff to do with death. Yes, it's uh, somewhat of a scary topic. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, Mm. Uh, but it really is the logical follow-on from our topic last time we were discussing, which, as you said, it's worth going and having it re-listened to. But just to recap a couple of things that we discussed last time, which was the biblical concept of hell. The Mm. good news about hell is that it doesn't last forever. Uh, And we discussed last time that that is something something that stems from God's heart as a God of love and Jeremiah. My 31 says that he is a, a God of everlasting love and that is just constantly trying to draw us to himself with loving kindness. He doesn't have any pleasure in the death of the wicked, mm. it says in Ezekiel 33. Uh, but the, we did discover that in the end, uh, Psalm 37 says that the wicked will eventually consume away and they have, their, their place will not be able to be found because they will have been cast into the lake of fire, which ironically we discussed was actually prepared for the devil and his angels, not wow. for us. Um, but that is where people go and they suffer everlasting punishment meant mm. not everlasting punishing found in mm. Matthew 25. Um, this took place on the earth, not under the earth, as it says in Revelation yeah. uh, chapter 20 and um, 21 says that it's the second death. It's not the second forever dying in the midst of burning flames, suffering mm. uh, intense torture. Uh, and then we talked about how forever means until death. And we discussed that in Exodus chapter 21 and verse six. So people can go back and read some of those. Um, mm. And we, we, we finally mentioned how Sodom and Gomorrah are not still burning, but the Bible says in Jude seven that they suffered the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, the reason why we're recapping is because that really paves the way for the next logical question that arises in most Christian minds, which is if people don't burn in hell forever, where are they once the flames have ceased burning them? Mm. Where is the soul that lives on? Because a lot of Christians, and I don't know if you guys have heard, have you heard these concepts before that like the soul lives on forever and that there is no um, extermination of life, that, that, that it goes on forever? Yeah, mate, I just wrote an essay about Platonism, which is like, you know, ancient Greece, and he was one of the biggest proliferators of the doctrine of dualism and the, uh, the you know, eternal, immaterial, immortal soul that can live outside of the body and and survive the body's destruction and whatnot. But then just like growing up, particularly growing up as a a non-Christian and just kind of consuming 
media and consuming kind of popular mm. cultural regarding mm. Christian rhetoric and belief and teaching. Well, firstly, I was definitely like, oh, yeah, hell's a place that's like controlled by the devil where like the devil punishes people. But you read the right. and you find out that that's <laughs> not true. Uh, but then furthermore, this idea of the 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 immortal soul and and spiritualism in all these different movies and media and whatnot, it's, it's very, very, very prolific. And so for me, growing up mm. as a non-Christian, mm. I just believed, oh, yeah, well, that, that's probably what Christians believe and that's probably what Muslims and Buddhists and Hindus, that's just what religious people believe, that they have a soul and it, exactly. and, and, and that goes away, you know, that, that keeps living after they die. Exactly right. And this is what, um, you know, you just assume because uh, you assume that the, the majority of Christendom is going to believe what the Bible actually says. But unfortunately, the Bible is super clear on this, and it is not what people actually commonly purport mm. or think. Notice the comparison between what God said to Adam and Eve and what the serpent said all back there in the beginning. Mm. It says in Genesis two sixteen and 17 that the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you will surely die. But then in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4 it says that the serpent said to the woman, you will we uh we've got some some brief technical difficulties there. You still with us, Brad? Is that if you do go. the wrong thing, you will not surely die. Mm. Sorry, did we lose me there for a second? Yeah, it did. But I think we we picked up essentially. Yeah, it's it's we don't we will die if we like the punishment is is That's death, right. <laughs> and the opposite of that Absolutely. punishment is not death. Exactly right, which yeah. is life, the thing that we're all craving. Yeah. Um, so this is the, this is what we've got. We've got these two perspectives and this, what we're talking about here with what the media has been purporting, uh, for decades is, and, and, and a lot of other, uh, literature has been pushing for so many years is just the, the same lie that the devil told the woman that when you eat the fruit and do the wrong thing, you will not die. But Ezekiel mm. 18 verse 4 and verse 20 both clarify that the soul that sins is it shall die. Notice the wording there, that the soul that sins, it shall die. Well, if we have an everlasting soul, how is that possible? Well, yeah. we'll clarify that in just a minute. But if the soul lives forever after the body is dead, well, we need to get some clarity here from some other verses in the Bible. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, which says, this is Jesus speaking, uh, fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So, mm. so hell is the, th- the the means by which both soul and body are destroyed for those that end up there, not where we want to go, like we discussed last time. Mm. But the Bible also makes this point in First Timothy chapter six and verse fifteen and sixteen. It says that there is only one being in all the universe that has immortality. Notice this: what Paul says to Timothy, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So, who are we talking about here, Jaden? Jesus. Of course, Jesus. We're talking about the King of Kings. We're talking about God Himself. And it says that who only hath immortality. Mm. Mm. dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen, nor can see, to whom be honour and 
everlasting. Amen. So the only one who has immortality is God himself. In other words, what it's saying there is he, he is the only one that has life in and of himself. You see, you and me, we're dependent upon food, upon air, upon water, upon all these things for our life to continue. If we don't have food for a couple of weeks, we'll die. If we don't have water for a couple of uh, days, we will die. If we don't have air for a couple of minutes, we will die, right? Our life is dependent upon those things, whereas God has life in and of himself, right? There is no eternal conscious entity that dwells within us that lives on beyond that. As we'll make clear in just a few minutes with what Genesis says, the the soul is actually considered for a second here. You've heard of the expression SOS, Right. Mm. What does SOS stand for? Do you do you guys know what does it stand Save for? Save our souls. Save our souls. Interesting that, isn't it? It's not saying save our spiritual life force. What they're actually talking about there is save our physical bodies, save our lives. This is what they're using when they say, this is the term that they're using when they say save our souls. And when numbering people who have survived a shipwreck, for example, they count it as the number of souls that were saved. Mm. So this whole idea of soul being some eternal conscious entity is is, is a misnomer. And the Mm. Bible makes this very clear in Genesis chapter 2 and verse seven where it says that the man was formed out of the dust of the ground and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And that word, their breath of life, is otherwise translated as spirit in other places. It's the same Hebrew word, breath and spirit, is, is that word ruach, mm-hmm. right? And it basically just means air, breath, right? The breath of life. So man, then it says, became a living soul. Not that God put a living soul within him. It's that men became a living soul when he was formed of the dust of the earth and then there was breath given into his nostrils. That spirit of life, that breath of life, those two things formed a living soul. Mm. So notice what happens at the other end of the spectrum in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7. It says that then shall the dust return to the earth. This is talking about death, right? Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit, in other words, like we said, that literal word breath, the spirit will return to God who gave it. So what happens is you get this separation which then de- de- completely destroys the 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 the, um, the conjugation of what makes a human soul. We get this separation of the dust and the breath and then man ceases to exist. So just to Mm. prevent any confusion, we'll take another look at a a verse in Ecclesiastes from the wisest man that ever lived apart from Jesus himself. Um, (laughs) Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 5, this is Solomon speaking. He says, for the living know that they will die, Mm. but the dead know not anything. Mm. I just want to repeat that. The dead know not anything. Mm. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. In other words, once you're dead, that's it. It's over. You you don't know anything from that point on. You're asleep. And this is what Jesus says in John chapter 11 and verse 11 to 14. So if you didn't want to believe Ecclesiastes, if you didn't want to believe Solomon, let's just hear what Jesus has to say, talking about his friend um, Lazarus, where he says in, in John 11, he says, these things said he, and after he said that unto them, he said, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. And his disciples said, because Lazarus was sick at the time, and, 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 and the disciples were like, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll do well. That's a good thing. Resting is good for recovery from sickness. But Jesus says of his death, he speaks. But they thought that he had spoken of him taking rest in sleep. Therefore, Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So when Jesus refers to death, he refers to it as a sleep. 
not mm. an awakening to a higher eternal consciousness. When you die, you sleep. You don't know anything. The passage of time is 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 not something that you're cognizant of. You 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 have no comprehension of what's going on around you. You are without conscious awareness. Mm. Now, would you say that David is a righteous man? Would you guys, would you say that David, if anyone, was going to be in heaven? I mean, the Bible says that he's a man after God's own heart. Would you guys agree that he's probably somebody that we would expect to be in heaven if he had died and that's where you go once you're dead? Sure. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's logical, right? And so notice what it says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 29 to 34. It says, men and brethren, this is Stephen speaking, his testimony to the Pharisees. He says, let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. Mm. So he's dead and buried. And it says that his sepulcher, or his tomb, is with us unto this day. And then it goes on in verse 34. It says, for David is not ascended into the heavens. I mean, it couldn't be any clearer than that. That's pretty straightforward. David, who we would expect to be in heaven, a man after God's own heart, is not. He's dead and he's buried and he's Mm. asleep. He didn't ascend into the heavens. All right. Mm. And this brings us to the final point, probably a point that's the most encouraging too and worth finishing on. That essentially it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 to 54, behold, I will show you a mystery. This is Paul writing. He says, we shall not all sleep. Notice that word again, sleep, right? He's talking about death in sleep. He says, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, but the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed and it goes on just skipping a little bit there it says so when in other words at this point in time that the corruptible shall have put on incorruption in other words this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass that saying which is written death is swallowed up in victory at that point when we receive immortality when there is that point is when death is swallowed up in victory and there's another verse that I'd go to but for the sake of time we won't go there all I want to do is leave you with is just that why would there ever possibly be a resurrection if the soul lives on in a new higher state of existence and consciousness Mm. it just doesn't make logical sense the Mm. resurrection is because that's where we receive life again the bible says in isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 come now and let us reason together it's just purely logical that if the, the the soul that sins dies then there's not going to be an eternal existence of consciousness thereafter that's just what happens and god made that promise but he promises also to give us a resurrection if we're faithful and striving to to bring jesus into our lives mm. so look i hope that brings some clarity to the topic for people out there um and if there's any questions or if you want to go back and review it um jump onto the website as lawson was saying yeah absolutely and i think just to to close out and to highlight you know the, the teaching for the bible as you've made it is very clear and concise and the question comes up like wait how can people be confused about this particularly when you know when this doctrine of the immortality of the soul started to mix with Christianity, which was as far back as Christianity begins, that, like, Paul himself was in a conflict with Greeks and whatnot who were confusing these doctrines and denying the resurrection and, and things like this. But in a more official sense, like, one of the ma- like first big proliferators of that was a guy named Marcion and, like, Marcionism. Like, that was seen as, like, total heresy like oh marcion is, is just a heresy is not true and we could identify that today and all the way back then but it, it's so strange that for some reason christians have come to believe this even though it's mm. it's just not it's just not true yeah 
Absolutely. And and so, so it's so it's it's fantastic for us. And as you've demonstrated today, Brad, we can go to the Bible mm-hmm. and we can see what the truth is and we can come to a, a clear and concise uh, consensus on, hey, no, this is actually what the Bible says. We don't need to be swayed by history or, or we don't need to be swayed by, you know, the philosophy of some Greek people or whatever it may be. It's like, hey, let's get back to the truth of the Bible and what God's Word is trying to teach us. Brad, thank you so much Absolutely. for joining us this morning. We're going to continue on guys. with the show. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.